With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Ascension of the Chessmen. Diving into the esoteric, occult, spiritual, and conspiratorial aspects of life. Focused on solutions to the problems we face in our everyday lives. Let us ascend above all differences. Let us be the light in darkness. A breath of fresh air to those who can hardly breathe. And together, awaken into greatness. This is Ascension of the Chessmen with your host, Andre Mitty. Welcome to the Ascension of the Chessmen podcast. I'm your host, Andre Mitty. Today's guest is a local legend in my community, a talented musician, entrepreneur, founder of the Yato brand, and the host of the Blazing a Trail podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, hobbits and fairies, give a warm welcome to Tut Kyleich. Thanks for coming on, brother. Happy to have you. Thank you for having me on, my man. You bet, dude. It's been a while. I'm excited for this, bro. It's been a long walk, bro. Uh, <laughs> That's to say the least, bro. We have a lot of memories together, a lot of experiences together. 100%, bro. Like, I actually, like, uh, I talked about you in my first podcast. I was oh, re-listening to that earlier snap. today. <laughs> Just, like, how much of an impact you've had on my life, bro, and, like, just... Likewise, man. Crossing paths, bro, like, it's been a blessing, you know, and it's it's it was almost, like, synchronistic, because, like, it was like you came into my life right at the right time. Yeah. And it's like, there's been so many instances of that, but, like, <laughs> you're one of the big ones, man, that I can just look back on and be like, yeah, like, my life, like... You know, one a different way than it was for sure. Same, same thing in my life because I remember. I can't even remember the first time that I met you. Right. I I honestly don't remember. I I think like somehow, uh, bro. uh, We interacted over Twitter or something, and oh wait, we we had mutual friends in Hinkley and. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out, Mister Hinkley. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Hinkley, the grind man. He linked us up, so. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just getting into um, our past, uh, I just wanted to ask, you know, uh, please, if you could just tell the listeners on where you came from and just some of the hardships you faced along the way and how that empowered you uh, getting getting to where you are right now. All right. Um, so help me out in directing me if I go off you in could. a sense. Yeah, yeah. Free so, range, bro. So my name is Tut Kailich Tuat. That's exactly how you're supposed to say it, but I don't let people, certain people call me by by my actual name in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it all started when I was younger. People would be like, oh, you're Toot Toot. I'm like, nah, we changed that. <laughs> I, I knew it was going that <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> We're changing that. Yeah. But um, so I come from the marsh lands by the Nile, mm. South Sudan. So, the the thing is, let me give you guys a little a background, a little background. So, the north and south of Sudan has been 
has been fighting ongoing civil war due to political differences, religious differences, differences in culture. This has led to torture, rape, famine, murder, disease. The list goes on. Pillaging of villages. Roughly two and a half million people have died as a result of this war. And my parents have been affected since they were about 15. Wow. So they've always told me stories about how this is like came to be. So I'm their first child, but not actually their first child. So they had three children before me, but they didn't make it due to wow. not being in a stable environment. So my parents fled South Sudan in 1990. And then they, uh, or 1991. Then they moved to, um, they walked like a week's worth of walking to Nairobi, Nairobi, Kenya, in Walda refugee camp. And that's where I was born. Wow. So my mom just told me this story like two weeks ago. Um, she, she said that she thought I was a miscarriage because she had some sort of discharge six months in. So she thought I was gone. Right? Damn. Yeah, I was like, wait, you, you ain't never told me this. Got out other plans. Yeah, man. and then she went to the doctor like eight eight uh, eight months in. She's like, yeah, you're going to have a baby. And she's like, wow, okay. So wow. I come out, but in these conditions in the refugee camp, it's not all good in a sense, right? Right, right. Everybody's kind of still fending for themselves mm -hmm. and still living off of the UN or whatever it's the, the human the human rights camp. Mm -hmm. um, so as time goes on, I, I'm born November 11th. 11, a lot, 11. Yeah, a lot of things transpired. My parents applied for sponsorship to come to the United States the same year that I was born. Two years later, we were granted the opportunity to come to the United States. So we came to the States, 94. We don't, bro, we come from cattle herding. Mm. So we live a rural life. Nebraska was calling your name. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny how we like now call this place home. Right. Because at first we moved to Dallas. So mm. this is the first time my parents and I experienced um, refrigerator, microwave, running water in a toilet. You know? Stuff like so that. so much to be thankful for, bro. Yes. Like... But I, I can't fault people that don't know any different. You know? Right. Because this is all they know. So when we came over here, it's like, holy shit. Right. Like, this is totally. Whole, whole, whole new world. Yeah, like, what? Like, when my mom also told me the story of when we had a stop at New York, stayed in a hotel when we were eating our food. We're used to storing, or used to, uh, we're used to eating our food, and we don't have leftovers, mm -hmm. in a sense, right? But it was too much food, so they were trying to store it. So they put it in the closet. Because they didn't know that there was a refrigerator. Damn. So it's like, now she looks back, she's like kind of a, a, uh, like embarrassed of it, but it's like, that's all I know. Right. So we came and lived in Dallas, Texas for a couple months. And then we realized it was not safe. And we didn't have a lot of our people there. Mm -hmm. So we moved to Nashville, where a good amount of our Sudanese population lived there. So it's kind of like people scope out the area first. Right. And then they're like, all right, cool. Y'all can come through. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we move. It, it comes in like waves. So mm -hmm. we moved to Nashville. We stayed there for like six years. My sister was born there. 
I went to elementary school there. So at, at, during that time, I'm like learning English. Also have I also have my language at the same time. So it's like I'm battling being American, mm-hmm. but also keeping my African roots. Right. So I'm in school. People are telling me I'm an African booty scratcher. I'm like, what the f- is that? That's not even mean. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Everybody's crazy booty. Right. But the the African American kids, they're like calling me African, right? So it's kind of like, wait, aren't we, are we both African? Right. But I didn't know at the time, like, they came, their parents, some of their parents come from uh, slaves, right? So they've mm-hmm. been here for a while. So it's kind of like I'm the outcast of the black, right, of, of the black population. But the white people are telling me, "Hey, you're black." So I'm like, "Yo, what the hell is going on?" <laughs> so the whole time I'm like, I don't know how to maneuver this. So I became like, this is. I always felt like I was a a, a kid that liked isolation because right. that's all I knew. I was the only kid when we came to the states. Um, didn't have much of my family around, so. I didn't speak English, so people would make fun of me, so I didn't say shit. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just be the lone wolf in a sense. The only thing that kept me like friends with people was sports. So when we moved to um, then, yeah, so 1996, we moved to San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. That's where uh, two of my brothers were born. So we lived there for a couple of years, and that's when learned how to play soccer, that's where I first drowned because one of my one of my uh, relatives just threw me in the deep end. I'm like, Damn, it's still traumatizing to ruthless. this day. Yeah, Joy said the same thing with her family. Like, what is it with these Africans, man? Like, <laughs> they're like, you gonna learn one day. They're like, we'll just throw you in the deep end, yeah. see what sticks. Like, like, I, like yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so we left there because obviously it's it's expensive. Now we have a family because my dad had. My dad had another wife at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So it they even though they lived in a separate home, he still had to provide for both. So mm-hmm. at this time, he has a total of six kids. Okay. At the time, right? And he's like, "Yeah, we can't do this. We gotta move." <laughs> right. So we moved back to Tennessee, but a small town called Gallatin. This is where most of my childhood is spent. Okay. So 30,000 people. It's a lot of moving, bro. Yeah. So I know what it's like to have to start from new beginnings yeah. all the time. So it's like up, up I've learned way. how to make new friends off rip, like right, right. away. Right. Because it's like, oh, cool. We're not the same race or whatever. It don't fucking matter. Right. Because I'm going to try and figure out ways that uh, figure out things that we have in common. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to build a relationship like that. So we moved to Gallatin. This is where I learned. A lot of um, my social skills. This is where um, there wasn't much diversity in Gallatin. It was mostly Africans, Europeans. This is what I can remember. Africans, Europeans, pinches of people from Asia. Never saw a person from Middle East. So we moved there. 2005. Uh, we moved. We moved 2005. My mom sits all of us down. She's like, we have something to say. Anytime that my mom was like, we have a meeting on Saturday. I'm like, holy shit, something's coming. Yeah. 
it's either like we're about because like uh, the first meeting that I can remember was like my mom was like, all right, we're gonna have a meeting. This is when two of the wives were living together. She's like, uh, we're gonna have to kick you guys out. I was like, oh, uh oh. So that happened the year a uh, year after that. I think they saved some money, and then my dad's like, yeah, I got a job in Nebraska. What's Nebraska? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to uh, one of my mentors at the time, uh, Mr. Bailey. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, they're the Cornhuskers. It still sounds foreign to me. I'm like, right. <laughs> What's that? So, yeah, they just have a lot of corn over there. So, like, so it's just fields of corn, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I come here. I'm like, wait, there's buildings. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everyone says that, bro. I swear, everyone that's never been to Nebraska is more than cornfields. They're like, like what? <laughs> Yeah. So we get here, and I'm like, I am like, whoa. Ain't nothing here in a sense. There's no mountains. No. There's not much forest. There, it's flatlands. There's no Real hills. Flat. Yeah. But then I was I was very surprised and happy and how diverse it was. I saw mm-hmm. people with hijabs on. I saw people with turbans on. I saw I saw yeah. um, uh, strip malls with... Um, Hispanics owning the block, mm-hmm. you know? So this is a place where I felt comfortable, even though everybody, like, Lincoln is progressive, they say so, but it's kind of like, yeah, just do your own thing, I'll worry about mine, mm-hmm. and we won't. Ha- we can coexist. I like, but I do like the culture of Nebraska. Good morning. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Talk about the weather. It'd be better if it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't windy, yada yada yada. You Nebraska know, nice. Yes, <laughs> that's what I realized. Because like back uh, in these bigger towns, nobody really cares. Like, yep. get out of my way. Yep. New York City style. Yeah, that's why. New I, Jersey. I can't. I couldn't do that. But then we moved here. I don't know how much you want me to go because I can talk about uh, my how my middle school years. Which because like when I go to college, I mean when I go to uh, when I attend high school things start to change mm-hmm. so yeah, just keep going bro. yeah like, so yeah i'll just jump to uh yeah let's talk about middle school middle school i was drawing a lot mm-hmm. and i just loved cars and i was like i'm gonna be a mechanical engineer or i'm gonna be automotive right mm-hmm. my dad's like yeah do that you get a lot of money <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm over there drawing hummers and shit yeah. <laughs> Right. Because that's the easiest. Right. <laughs> Gas guzzlers. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then like, um, I realized nobody here plays soccer. So I had to learn new sports. I'm like, nobody plays soccer? Oh, it's gay. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So I learned how to play basketball. Basketball was pretty fun, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like soccer. So I had to learn that. That introduced me to a whole new group of friends. This is when 50 Cent area era came mm. everybody got the get rich or die yeah trying. so everybody baggy everything yeah <laughs> baggy everything oh yeah if you go if you go uh look at my facebook my first ever profile pic i was wearing a four four x shirt four <laughs> x tall so it's like my shirt goes to my knees and the sleeves go to the middle of my forearm it's <laughs> crazy bro i wouldn't wear it if it didn't pass my elbow it's crazy how like we've changed from like ten times ten sizes too big. Yeah. Now it's ten sizes too small. Because it used to be tight, and then it went to loose, yeah. and now we're back to like fitting clothes. Yep. You know. <laughs> so yeah. So when I go to high school, I choose where uh, where all the homies go. Mm-hmm. So I went to Northeast High. 
very diverse there. Played football, basketball, track. So my sophomore year, my dad uh, leaves for Africa. Mm-hmm. He it had to be hard, bro. Yeah, so I had to be the man of the house. So it's like I, I had a job at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So I would have to leave practice, whatever I was doing. I would have to leave practice, be at work by five. So most practices like start to like, all right, we're kind of getting done with practice. I'm like, coach, I got to leave. Mm-hmm. They, and they understood, but I'd have to work. And then my first paycheck, I was so happy because I was like, damn, I got some money. Right. But my mom was like, no, you don't. Nope. You got to pay. It's like I was so upset because it's like it's my hard work for that. Yeah. I, I work for that. But it's like, no, you you did. And I'm proud of you. But you're you're now becoming a man and you have to provide. That's so a like, lot of weight damn. to carry, bro. I'm like, at a young age. bro, I'm 16, 17. Right. They're like, yeah, it's not really your money. Like you we'll, we'll get like you can have like your money for gas, have a, like your brownies at lunch and shit and whatever. But it's right. like we got to pay these bills. We got to keep the lights on. Right. We got to keep the heat on. I'm like, damn. So at that point, I'm like, I I have to like. I couldn't have as much fun as I wanted to in high school because, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't get in trouble because if I got in trouble, that'd be the livelihood of the fam. The whole family, yeah. Because Niam was now getting into high school, mm-hmm. so nobody else had a job other than me and my mom. Wow. So dad's over there asking mom for money as well because there's not much of job opportunities in Africa. Right. So it's tough because it's like my dad's over there with another wife, but mm-hmm. my mom was also sending money so they could stay afloat. So can I can I pause for a second and ask like yeah. So having a dad with multiple wives like and like being raised in our culture, which I feel like that's a taboo that's slowly yeah, like, being erased whoa. and polygamy is kind of making a comeback yeah. in, in this culture. Yes. Or, <laughs> I, I guess agree. a comeback from who knows when, but <laughs> 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 I mean America's what 300 years old, but like uh what what uh was that like for you like um growing up in that and like you know having a lot of peers that you know had monogamous yeah. parents <laughs> or like, divorced parents like your dad has how many wives like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> look at you sideways yeah. or something they're like are you gonna do that i'm like hell no. <laughs> like i would like to but I, that's no, too much I'm stress not, yeah i'm not trying to deal with that but um right. so luckily I grew up, my dad at the time, when I was like, till I was about 12, my dad, it was just me, it was just him and my mom. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, no, no. At the time, what was it? Ever since we came, two years later, so I was about five. Mm-hmm. So at that time, my I grew up with my, like, I grew up with my dad. And having another wife in the household, like two wives in the household, it wasn't really like, whoa. Like I knew who my mom was right. and I knew who like my second mom was, you know? Well, it's almost like you didn't know anything different no. like, growing up. Because in your culture, like that's commonplace. Yeah, you know? so I'm like, wait, your dad only has one? Right. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Because <laughs> back home, the more the more people that marry her because you live like a cattle herd, like mm-hmm. everybody has responsibilities. Right. So we have to take care of our cattle. Somebody has to be a watcher for beasts trying to eat the cattle. We have, mm-hmm. Somebody has to go take them to go graze. Somebody has to 
cook the food. Somebody has to prepare it. Somebody has to, yeah, garden, all that shit. There's, it seems like there's a lot more connection and Oh, yeah, community. it's all community. It's yeah. a village, bro. Because it's like, yo, if we don't do this, we're going we're, we're gonna to have a rough. Right. We're going to have a rough life. Because it's like here in the States, it's like there's so many of us, you know, we just walk into our house when we get home, don't mm-hmm. even say hi to our neighbor. It's like yep. we don't even know our neighbor's name sometimes. Exactly. It's like there's a lot of disconnection and division. And like that's what my podcast is all about is mm-hmm. just rising above that and like getting to know each other as reflections exactly. of our own selves, you know. And a lot of the times we have a lot more similarities and differences and a mm-hmm. lot of people are scared of the unknown, Yeah, which is understandable. But it's just like the fear, the fear is just what's blocking us. Because once, once you have that first initial conversation with your neighbor, you don't have fear anymore. No, it's over. It's like, damn, why was I tripping? Right. I wasted all, I had all to that say, time. All I had to say was like something like, yo, uh, I like what you did with the landscaping in your front yard. You ain't got to have a real conversation, but that's the way you started. Right. Compliment on something that. Um, that you like as well that makes them feel good right. to realize oh they recognize me and it's instead like, of like making this weird eye contact right and then going inside so next time I see you it's like remember we had that weird eye, <laughs> eye contact right. so I like I like I don't like to feel uncomfortable right so if there's another human that lives next to me I'm gonna try and get to know you right because if something goes wrong I want to know your name. Hundred percent. I want to know if there's anything I could do, if there's anything you could do to help me, mm-hmm. because it's like, it's our livelihood. This is where we lay our head up at rest. So it's like we probably should get to know each other. Oh yeah. You know, uh, it's one thing if somebody owns a house, one thing if somebody rents a house because people come and go. You know. Right. Right. But yeah. Um, going back to the story, can I do that yeah, real yeah, quick? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Gotcha. No. No. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Two more than more than one wife, yeah. <laughs> so, senior year, mm-hmm. uh, I'm signing my letter of intent to go play football at UNO University of Nebraska Omaha, right? For okay. football, so everything's going smooth. Rest, rest in peace to that program, yeah. So, way. yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. So, we get a call one morning, it's like eight o'clock, they're like, to, um. So we didn't, we kind of, um, we're trying to save this program, but the, uh, the dean, no, 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 the athletic director just said that we'd have to cut the football program. So, Trev Albert, so, yeah, so we have to like, we have to find a place for you. And we've already been looking out. Um, Franzen from Doan has interest in you, and, uh, Tony from Hastings College has, interest from you so i'm like i'm at a crossroads right because i wanted to go to university of san francisco for track because they've been oh, they've been yeah. wanting me to go out there well my mom didn't want me to go out there because i'm too far right yeah so, so i'm like you close yeah but that would have been so fun right you know? <laughs> yeah so i go up there it's like two days so i'm, I'm gonna do football and basketball so i ended up going to haitian because all the homies go there mm-hmm. so i'm like bet I'll, I'll slide up there two hours away. Right. Um, they're like, uh, they pulled me for practice one time. They're like, um, can you just um, come to the office, financial aid, so we can finalize this paperwork <laughs> for your financial aid? I'm like, bet. 
they're like, uh, we just need to um, verify and uh, authorize your citizenship status because I had my green card at that time. So I'm like, bet. I, I gave it to them. They're like, well, this is expired. I'm like, well, my dad told me I wouldn't need it because he became a citizen in 2003. So naturally, I would become a citizen with him. Right. But my dad didn't finalize the paperwork. He didn't sign it. Guess where he's at? He's in Africa. Right. We can't fax him shit. Right. He's in the he's in the bush, bro. He ain't. Yeah. He don't have access. Yeah. To he he calls us. We can't call him. You wow. know. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, yo, I don't know what to do in my life. Right. All I knew was sports. Right. You know. So where do you go from there? I I went home. I'm like, damn, I got to be the adult now. My dad came back for my graduation. He stayed for like a couple of months. My brother, my little baby brother, Chan, was born. He left three months after he was born. So I had to be the man of the house again. Damn. So I couldn't go to school mm-hmm. because I needed to have my... Um, uh, my green card renewed. So that took six months for the application to even be processed. So that's, once that goes, then I got to go to Omaha to get fingerprints and all that shit. And then I got to wait another one to three months. And then I could pay whatever fee it is to renew it. And it ended up being, being like 1200 bucks. Dude, I feel like that system is so old school. Yes. And it is in dire need of updating i was like damn like, if if i had to do this and i've been here since 94 like damn aren't you like grandfathered in at yeah, some like, point like i was grandfathered so in, but my dad didn't finalize the paperwork so that was the problem so after that point i needed to become a citizen right because i wanted to go study abroad after okay before i talk about trying to study abroad so my dad came back and i sat my dad and my mom down because this is the time where I went through spirituality. This is when okay. I, well, when we became good friends, this is right. when I was like getting clarity of everything in a sense of where I wanted to start, where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I told them a lot of my life has been having to live in the means of keeping our family afloat, but I've been giving from lack. I don't have anything right now. Right. So I need to do what's best for me at this moment. They're like, no problem. So I go Southeast Community College. I pay my way. Mm-hmm. But I still didn't have the right paperwork at the time. So I had to go to classes with no books. Wow. The first the first quarter. So I failed two classes. Right. But I passed one. It's hard to do without books. Yeah, bro. I was like, so the all, all the time it's like I had to learn how to make friends so I can fucking take pictures of the book. Right. And then sometimes I couldn't, you know. You're screwed. Yep. So I was like, fuck, I'm, a, I'm, I'm still going to try my best. So I did that. Then everything works out. I get, uh, I get financial aid. I get refund checks now. So I use that money mm-hmm. to fund like my music, ha- uh, my music hobby. But then I got um, accepted to go to UNL to go to school. I did that. And it was when I was going through it, I was like, damn, man. What I want to do doesn't necessarily need school, but I did it because my parents sacrificed for me to get education. So 100%. I'm gonna go to school, right? And I like to be I like to be a student, right? So it was a win win, even though I came with some debt. 
you know? Oh, yeah. But I'm going to pay it off because some people have $25,000 in debt from a car. I got it from education. Right. I can dig. I can dig that. Completely. You know? Otherwise, I, like, I wish I wouldn't have gone, you know? Right. I, I took the lashes on the back so my siblings don't have to. Right. But they have to come with the same kind of energy, like, if they was going to school. You right. can't just slack off. No. <laughs> so that's the problem right now. That's the trade-off. And the thing is, with a college education, they can never take that away from you. None. They so, can't. You know, you might have all this debt, but you still got something that can never be taken from you. Facts. And you always got that next to your name. Yes. And I think when I when I had that, like, when I had my second crossroads of, like, <laughs> sports is done. I right. couldn't, couldn't be a college athlete at all. Right, at that point. Like, yeah. at all. Right. At this point, I'm like... 2021 I'm like I'm not right. I'm not trying to hurt myself <laughs> right so this is when I start like I don't know what start oh I know Sandy Hook started it right mm-hmm. so what happened with the kids right? right and then something else happened after that and then I was like wait 9-11 I started looking at the zeitgeist so stuff. it was Sandy Hook before 9-11 for you huh yeah because like that's, I did wild yeah because like I, I totally remember like third grade uh we were playing dodgeball they're like all right kids uh we gotta stop we ever we need everybody to come to the room and I'm like how y'all gonna stop dodgeball <laughs> right. <laughs> right I remember being set home from school yeah the they're like night. They roll in the TV, so we're like, oh, shit, we're about to watch a movie. It was early that morning. Yes. Yeah. It was like nine-something, so yeah. they're rolling in the TV, so we're like, oh, we're about to watch a movie. <laughs> right. Like, what's they're going like, on kids, um, They're like, kids, something has happened. And yeah. then they like... This is serious. Yeah. So the principal comes in, because he's like, you guys can look away if you want to, but this is what just happened, and we're about to send everybody home. So we had public transportation. Everybody had like a school bus to go home to, so mm-hmm. they sent it to us. The bus driver is listening to the, the radio as we go home. And my parents, Chaos. they're calling me. They're like, do you see what happened? I'm like, yeah, but I don't know, like, who did it, you right. know? So as I get older, it's like, yeah, people do dumb shit. You know, we come from that kind of, right. air, like, that kind of, th- that kind of uh, dark energy already. Mm-hmm. So it's a first taste that my parents experience away from like they're like oh snap oh like we left yeah we left that and now it's like oh okay now we could see it from afar Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like wow now it brings up their ptsd but now when sandy uh when that stuff happened i was just like man this is messed up but i listened to this one guy Mm -hmm. mr jones and he was just like (laughs) Put pieces together that I never was thinking about, right? Right. It's like, wait, what? That? Yeah, he's right. That don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was he was talking down. Uh, he's talking about about nine eleven. I was like, yo, what the? F- wait, right. who just had an insurance deal? They lost trillions of dollars. They don't know where it went. What? That's what got me, bro. World Trade Center seven fell down by yeah. itself. And when the when the newscaster says, uh, "Well, we magically found the uh, passport yeah, just blocks away tra- from the trade center," <laughs> if you can believe that, 
This was live on the news, bro. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. A piece of paper. Do you see what I'm seeing? Survived. A passport? Oh, my God. It was these guys on the plane. Right. With box cutters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, something wasn't right there. What's bro. up, Marshalls? What was going on there? <laughs> but, like, yeah, rest in peace to the ones that, yeah, that passed away. But no there's a lot of things that happened after that that I was... This is, like... I was talking to you about it the other day. Mm-hmm. Once I get like not obsessed, but it's like I, there's this like itch to know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, rabbit hole. I'm about to go in the rabbit hole. Yeah, so I, was I went for from you. a young age, bro. Were you questioning from a young age? Not not nine eleven per se, mm-hmm. but like for me, dude. Like growing up, like I remember having conversations with my dad at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Like we'd drive by a car that was smoking pot weed smoke out the window and i was like what's that smell and he's like oh that's marijuana (laughs) and i was like i was like what's marijuana he's like oh that's an illegal drug i was like what is it though he's like oh it's a plant that just grows in ditches and stuff i'm like wait a minute why is it illegal (laughs) and he's like oh uh because it's addictive or something and uh you know he he couldn't give me a good answer and i was like well, how can they make a plant illegal? Like, what are they going to flame torch the earth? Like, they're fighting a war they're never going to win. Like, and it just it's never just, made it just sense grow like that. Yeah, it just grow. Like, it's like it's like pulling weeds, dude. It's like yeah, you can pull weeds in your garden, but you're still going to have to stay on back. top of yeah. it. Yeah, like it's an endless job. So you were always like. I think I didn't question much because I was just like learning how right. everything was. So you I was were still kinda, adapting. Yeah. So at that point, it's like. Oh, what they told me is facts. Right. But right. now I realize, like, after realizing about Gulf of Tonkin and mm-hmm. shit like that, I'm like, wait, whoa. What the? Yeah, there's there's more that, there's, like, side stories behind every main story yeah, so we're talking like, history class. Because they're the ones that control the narrative. Mm-hmm. Hmm. His story. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, so what's really going on? Right. So I was just like, I felt, like, helpless in a sense, so I was like... I, I don't know. I think I like typed in. I was like, how can I get to know more about life? Right. Mm. So I just heard about people like meditating. This is the first time I was like, oh, that's what those dudes from Asia be doing. Mm. So I did that. I remember the first time I was like, whoa. That's literally how it started. You were just like, how can I learn more about life? Yeah, because like I felt helpless. Like, how Damn. can we help? Like, Become more uh, like in in a sense like I felt helpless like I, like I can't fight these powers right so I'm like what can we do to like because I saw people talking about raising vibrations and getting mm-hmm. rid of the the dark energies and stuff like that so I'm like what well what can I do right so I learned about meditation I remember the first time when I it was like like a minute in I felt like the rush of my body for like the first time. Like I felt in tune with my body and I was like, yo, whoa, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So I kept doing it and I, and then I learned about people talking about spirituality. I'm like, the fuck is that? Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, cause like, we're not the body. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the, um, we're the person. No, no. I we're see. the spirit embodying this, yeah. this, this meat machine. Yeah. So, okay, my question here is, so spirituality up to this point in your life, like, <laughs> what was it like? Like, what was your religious upbringing like oh, oh. to lead you to this point? Like, I've, I've always believed in, 
uh, in God. So mm-hmm. back where we're from, I was raised up Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, South Sudan, Sudan is real. It's connected to Ethiopia. So Ethiopia has uh, an early history of Christianity there mm-hmm. before even the colonizers came. Right. So they talked about Queen of Sheba. They talked about her going up to Israel, giving gifts, yada, yada, yada. And I think that went over into our land, and they told us about the the workings, the teachings of God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our, uh, uh, we have like more than 64 tribes, right? Mm-hmm. So some of us are, it's like a mix of, um, I, I don't know, I think it's Eminus em, or, yeah. or something like that. So it's like we believe everything possesses some sort of energy and we believe it's God, right? I like that. So when we sat, like we're cattle herders, but we don't just eat our meat. Mm -hmm. There has to be intention. We have intention with everything. So whenever like um, there's famine happening, we sacrifice, we give, uh, we give sacrifice, we sacrifice the cow as an offering to God for if there's this famine going on, like we're giving our blessing to you. Like we need rain. Mm -hmm. We're going to kill one of our valuable cattle because we believe it possesses the spirit that is not currently out here right now. So we want to send it and offer it to God to bless us with the energy that is needed, whether it's famine, there's a lot of disease going on, this person is sick. Right. Um, there's no water. So much different than just going to yeah, a, like, oh, y'all a just restaurant eat the, or yeah. a store and you just meat's already packaged. So I'm like, damn. Didn't see the animal you <laughs> yeah. killed, like none of that. So the only time that they like kill it, it's like, bro, my mom was like, Yeah, if we kill if we kill the cow, every like everything's gonna be used that same day. All the meat is gone. So it's like that part, like that cow lived its life. We gave the offering to God. And now it's like the energy. And then I realized like, oh, we've always been like spiritual in a sense with Mm -hmm. my people. So it's like, oh, and then my mom told me about these guys that were always like in tune with, she called it um, uh, in our language is the other side. Right. So these people were all always in touch with, um, they could see, like, from the outside. They they knew, like, if there was something attached to them, in a sense. Mm. Like, there's a demon attached to you. Damn. So, there's, like, uh, they have... They, like, our songs are, like, folklores, in a sense. It's like a story, but in a song form. Mm-hmm. So, a lot, like, there's this guy, his name is Mundang, so... He talked about all the things that were going to happen in the coming years. This dude was alive 1900s, right? Like a prophet in the sense. Yes. That's why a lot of people still follow him. So okay. Okay. Talked about British are coming. He talked about us splitting. He talked about um, talked about his artifact, his cane going to be taken by the British. So it's like crazy stuff. Right, right. So it's like, whoa. How does he know this? Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm like... There's something. Something going on there. Yeah, yeah, so that's what made me like, yo, okay, I need to figure something out. Right. So I started to dive in because somebody's like, yo, the cheat code. 
<laughs> yeah, and so they're like, I learned about psilocybin. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, snap. Whoa. It's a fungus? But <laughs> it's like, they call it magic mushrooms. Hmm. Okay. Um, I can't even remember the... I do remember the first time I took them, but when I first took them, it changed everything. Everything. Because, like, it's a reset. It's like... It's like... All right. When you take the medicine, uh, when you take the medicine, you then step back, right? You see everything for what it is. Oh yeah. And you appreciate everything. I'm like, whoa. I use my phone to send a message in the thin air, and it goes to somebody. Right. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. First off. Yeah. And then you think about like, yo, how the fuck did I even get in this body? How um how are we a fucking Big ass object in Earth flying in space, nigga. What? Right. I'm not gonna be here for this long, and I don't know when my time comes up. But there's some people that kind of know when they're about to die. Like, what the fuck is that? Right. I want to know that, so I'm like diving deep, and then I'm starting to realize, like, like I'm not the flesh. I start to realize I am the observer. Feelings. (laughs) Feelings are your nervous system telling your physical and emotional state that um, it just wants you to notice them, right? Mm -hmm. So our body is working with, our body is working with us, but the person or the thing that is noticing that is who we are. Yeah. The observer. Right. Like, whoa, I felt anger. I'm not like right. I'm not angry, but I feel it. It's like this piece of paper that says you're you're tut. Yeah. That's not the person. That ain't me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the awareness behind the operating system. Yeah. yeah. I just so happen to be called that. Right. You know? It's like it's so far removed from <laughs> yeah. what it actually is. You're telling when, me that's me? When you get down to it, it's like... It's it's like when I was... It just blows the doors open to the bigger reality that's at present yes. all around us at all times. And like, if we never tune into that, like, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like we're missing something. And I feel like life. it's the connection to nature and how like everything is actually... Uh, in motion and mm-hmm. working with the um, how, how the laws of the universe work. We're not working with it in a sense because like we're not even even in tune with nature, right? Because we're so far removed from it. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like we get out of balance. We get out of sync. So that's why we feel a muck. That's why we feel not um not up to par because we're not in tune with the um the place that we come from. Hundred percent. We're from the earth. Cause it's like, dude, think of how many times you go long periods without mm-hmm. like taking a walk in nature. Yeah, like, like, bro, this is a re- like, whoa. This and then is you're beautiful. depressed. Yeah. It's like, I wonder why. Like, <laughs> all this I artificial mean, light. I need to go right. outside. Yeah, you need that natural sunlight. You know, just beating down on your skin, like taking in, like, uh, 
me and uh, my friend Joy, we just watched this documentary called Earthing, mm-hmm. which is like putting your feet in the dirt, putting your feet in the dirt, and like recharging, and like yes. how it's showing. Uh, scientific studies are showing like this reduces inflammation, and like there's literally an electric charge we get. Like we're electrical, electromagnetic beings. Electromagnetic bro. beings That's bro. what's crazy. Crazy, bro. It's like we're a conductor. Mm-hmm. And we're also a transmitter. It's like, like what our, do you think happens when we get struck by lightning? Yeah, shit. like holy shit, <laughs> there's something going on there. And like our brains can be attuned to shit. Mm-hmm. Like when you're with certain, it, it, I always see it like when I'm with certain homies, my my brain goes to like, oh, I'm at ninety four point one right now. Right. When I'm at when I'm by myself, I'm at such and such. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on psychedelics, I'm on something else. Yeah. It's I'm like, when I'm with the homies that understand like the um the reality of life mm-hmm. and knowing that we are not of the flesh, and we start to ask ourselves these questions. It's like when your mind starts to open because you're not having these limitations of like, what does this person think of me? Mm-hmm. It's like cause I understand like you're not Andre. Right. I'm not Tut. No. We're some awareness trying to figure this shit out yeah. together. Like, We're just a big shit. pool of awareness individualized into these meat suits. Yes. Sitting across from each other, having <laughs> a conversation. Making some sort of sense out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all we can do because it's like there's so many layers. Like we cannot figure it out. But oh, yeah. what I do like is the mystery of it. Indeed, bro. And that's what keeps me going because if I knew what we would end up at the end. What would be the point? Exactly. What would be the point? And I think that's why we have these meat suits so we can be of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And, and we're limited, right? Mm-hmm. So the time, time is what, quote unquote, I'm putting my fingers up, quote unquote, time is what limits us. So... If we have a limited time, there's something we're supposed to be learning here. 100%. We're supposed to be experiencing something. So it's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to take this shit for granted. There are going to be times, but in the grand scheme, I'm not taking it for granted. Right. You know? You know, your time here is limited. and So I'm going to do the best You're here I to can. learn and evolve and grow and yes. become the best self you can be. And the whole time, it's like trying to fight with my, the temptations of this flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what always keeps us down. But that's what's necessary. You know, hundred percent. We need that adversity. If I didn't, if we, if we live forever, what the fuck is the point for me doing anything? Right. I'll get to it. Wouldn't you get bored after a yes. while if you're just like stuck in this body? I had this. I had this idea. Like God, the universe gets upset that it lives forever, mm-hmm. and like. We talked about before, like it breaks itself down so it can experience everything right. again. So it has this illusion of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, bro, I'm bored. <laughs> like uh, Marcel, uh, Mar- Mark Marcel, he's like, I'm gonna make all these different little souls. Right. He's like, oh shit, I still remember everything. <laughs> I'm going to forget that I know everything, and I'm gonna live in a a certain time. Right. So it's kind of like, it's the fun of it. Yeah. You know, it makes like it you fun, said, it's bro. boring. It'd be right. boring if I knew everything, bro. Everything, bro. Imagine that. Yeah, like 
I can't even, bro. I knew you were about to say that. Yeah. Watch this about to happen. <laughs> it's about to rain tomorrow. You see this fly is about to come? Right. Like, that's... Like, it's cool, but it'd be like... Have you ever seen Groundhog Day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it feel like. Yeah, like... It get boring, bro. Yeah, like, that shit, like, scares... It scares me, in a sense. So that's why I'm like, yo, I'm gonna experience as much as I can. You Dude. know? And it's like... I'm I'm starting to learn more and more about astrology. Mm-hmm. And for years, I thought it was horseshit. Mm-hmm. For many years, I thought it was blasphemy. And like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. still think that. Right. And you know, respect to you guys. Uh, believe what you want. Yes. Um, but through my research, I've learned like once you get into the esoteric and deeper astro theology. Yes. And like that, all religions are tied to that. Yes. Like the uh, the that's like the sun, first... the moon, and the stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like reading my horoscope every day um, and like realizing like so many famous people like presidents Mm -hmm. like J.P. Morgan go down the list like they they worked with astrologers regularly. And they said, you know, you got a big event, you got a big flight coming up like here's what your uh, horoscope's looking like. that day. Yeah, like they would they would get advice and there's something going on there like. I'm not saying that it's going to happen exactly as it says, but, but it's just there's like... there's a pattern. There's a, there's a, a yeah, method. Yeah, it's just like, this is what you might want to look out for, you yes. know? And, like, there's so many days since I... Because, like, every morning I wake up and I get this daily horoscope sent to my what, email. What, from your email or something? Yeah. How do, how do you... Yeah. Do you have, like, an app or something? Yeah, I, I'd have to look it up. I think it's like Daily Horoscope, I okay. think it's called. Just okay. a simple one. Yeah. Which I need to get into the deeper aspects just to know that I'm using the right... Yeah, because like for me, I don't have a birth certificate. My parents don't know what time right. I was born. So it's like, if I'm off two minutes, does that mean something, you know? Dude, I need to find mine as well. I don't know the exact time either. <laughs> yeah. I know roughly, but yeah it's, yeah. it's a lot more on point if you get down to the exact minute. Yeah, see, because like... I literally don't have, like, my birth certificate is my immunization record. That's crazy. That's it, you know? Yeah, I got that, but I don't have my other one. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, dude, like, my last, uh, I remember, like, the last one that, like, blew my mind, like, reading my horoscope. Mm -hmm. The day I put in my two weeks notice to quit my job was, like, something about having, like, a major conversation with my boss that day. Hell yeah. In my horoscope. And then I did. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like, something's, like, super right. secretive. It's giving you right the pushing. Now. Yeah, and it was like, okay, I'm making the right decision. And it was, like, a pivotal point for me because, like, it pushed me out of my comfort zone. Yes. I was very comfortable at that job, but I, I just knew I was worth more. Exactly. And I needed to make more money, and... It allowed me the free time to put more time into stuff I love, like doing this right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's life is a trip, man. And um, I'll never forget, like, the uh, experience we had together on uh, <laughs> uh, a little thing we call Lucy. Lucy! <laughs> My <laughs> friend, Lucy. <laughs> Bro, before, um, before I talk about that experience. Um, yeah, yeah, keep going. Sorry, I went off. No, no, it's all good because it, it helped me uh, come up, come out with this thought or grab this idea. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I feel like God uses different ways to communicate to us mm-hmm. in ways that we pay attention, right? And this has been the longest form of communication. 
mm-hmm. astrology, right? Right. So I'm like, oh, shit. It always gives me, like, the reason why it's not to the T, uh, like, it's perfect because we still have the free will, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, hey, this is what will probably go on today, mm-hmm. but you also have, like, a choice of it going a different way. Exactly. This is a grand scheme of what's going to oh, happen yeah. today. And that's the, that's that shit I'm like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. Right. Even if people say it's broad, because I have, sometimes I'm like, well, that's kind of broad, but it's like, well, hmm, we all have patterns. Right. Everything works from pa- patterns. The Fibonacci sequence, like, it's a pattern. Mm-hmm. We work, uh, the whole earth is, like, moves in cycles. Mm-hmm. So do we. The seasons. Yeah. We work that same way. Right. So it's like, we are indi- we're individuals, but we're a, a cohesive collective. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, obviously, 7 billion people. We're going to be different, but not super different. Right. You know? And then you get into the collective consciousness stuff, and that's, just that's crazy. a whole other rabbit hole. But, yeah, Lucy. Oh, my God, bro. Lucy was a whole different experience. The first time ever. That cracked the doors open for me, bro. Like, Oh, my God. Dude, I was I was still going to church every Sunday up to this point. No shit. Before that experience. With moms? Or uh, yeah, I got my parents going to church. I had left the Catholic Church because I found out about pedophilia yeah, you like, uh, and all that stuff. Deuces. Yeah, and I just I don't know, there's so many flaws I seen within that. Mm-hmm. I could pick that apart all day, but no disrespect to the Catholics out yeah. there, like Believe what you want to believe, as mm-hmm. I said. Just don't harm others. Facts. Um, but <clears throat> so I I was pretty lost, man, because once I left the church after finding that stuff out, I kind of lost my connection with God because my connection with God was outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's all I ever knew. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know like, oh, it's something divine within you. Yeah. Like that that connection is deep within you. Facts. Like when you pray, when you meditate, you mm-hmm. feel that. Mm-hmm. And it's not when you go pray in some four walls, like, <laughs> no, you can pray where uh, out in nature, like whatever God, you're doing. It's not limited. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's something between you and something mm-hmm. b- bigger than yourself. Yes. And it was that Lucy experience, man, that like, cause I always tell the story about how my pastor at the time, Okay, okay, I'm losing my train of thought. So it's like I left the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. got lost, waking up to all these lies in the world Correct. and darkness, all the conspiratorial aspects. And I was like missing that spirituality component in my life, mm-hmm. which was like a void that needed to be filled. So that's what led me to join. Um, um, it was... Um, the Potter's House Church, which was a Pentecostal church, and they okay. were speaking in tongues. And he was like, oh. Yeah, it was like a totally different vibe because you go to a Catholic mass and it's like very dry and yeah. like <laughs> nobody's speaking in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my pastor had told me the story of how he had uh, found God on acid, and that's what led him to become a pastor. You're like, what is acid? And yeah, and I, I had tried it before this, but like, I didn't, I wasn't doing the, using it for the right reasons. Oh yeah, it was like a recreational. Yeah, I was like 
still in high school, like had my senior pictures the next day, like <laughs> totally like just goofing around, man. Like we didn't know what we were doing. And the thing that led me to do it was like Doc Ellis threw a no hitter on LSD. And I yeah, was like, like what? <laughs> wait, how is this possible? Yeah. Like, maybe that's something I should look into at least try once. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I was never like, uh, I was always like, did my due diligence before I tried things mm-hmm. because like I was raised in a very strict environment and in a very small bubble. Yeah. So you were trying to test everything. out. So yeah. You. Yeah. And like, uh, so my pastor telling me that, and then leading up to that experience, still going to church. Cause I've been going to church for like two years at this church, like doing Bible studies every week, talking about giants and, uh, the Nephilim, Nephilim and, mm-hmm. Uh, talking talking to my pastor about the Illuminati and yeah. everything, and like I was just happy that someone would talk to you, about talk that. to me about it, not look at me sideways. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. He'd actually like let me talk, you know, and not just like give me five hail marys to go pray. <laughs> and it was like um, it wasn't until that experience I had with you, bro, mm-hmm. and our fellow other friends, Sean and Nick. Um, Shout out to y'all. Shout out um, that I felt that. Mm-hmm. I felt what he meant. Yeah. I saw why he was called to be a pastor. Yeah. He knew he was made for something higher mm-hmm. and he felt that direct connection. That's just crazy, man. That people are searching for their whole lives, you know? And they go to church every Sunday. And for some people, that works. Yes. That does work. Mm-hmm. For some people, going fishing. Yeah. I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many. Everybody has their own sanctuary. Yeah, exactly. And it was like that that experience changed my life, man. Mm-hmm. Like I can't begin to speak on it. The um, I remember us okay. I knew it was gonna be a wild ride when we were <laughs> <laughs> we took it. We were on a we went in the car or something, and then we I, I was feeling it. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, something coming. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So we get back to the bottoms. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm sitting (laughs) on your couch. Okay. All right. We're going to have a fun-ass day because this is my first time taking acid, too. Right. And it was during the day. Yeah. So everything's bright. Yeah. So we're like, we have the fire in the the backyard. Everybody's like, all right, cool. Everybody's on the up and up. Did, did Sean end up taking two? Yeah, I think you both did. Oh, yeah, because did we the think the first souls. one wasn't working or something? I think so. On oh, some dumb nigga <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, you two were the brave souls. Lead the pack. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah. So, we're at the... I'm feeling it now. Right. We're all in sync. I'm starting to realize, like, yo... Sometimes we don't have to speak and we know kind of how we how each other feel. Right. I'm like, yo, you feel that? Like you as I just said feel that, the vibrations, yeah, bro. Like I give you a look and you're like, you just give me the nod. And I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. Like some telepathy going on. Yeah, there. so it's kind of just like, whoa. <laughs> and then the whole time I'm just like figuring out, whoa, I never thought about it like that. I'm looking at the stars, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Right. I mean, I'm looking at the clouds and I'm like, holy shit, I'm really in this bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I looked up and seen a geometrical grid across the whole sky. And I'm like, everything is connected. 
dude. Yeah, literally. Because like when when I look at a wall, it seems like it's like a not a floral pattern, but there's some sort of fucking shit that I see mm-hmm. that I'm like, it's kind of it's faint. But when I look at some sort of patterns, I get if I look at the wall, if I look at the ceiling, I get lost in it. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Right. And then as I look around everywhere, it seems like it's attached to my eyes. So mm. I'm like, yo, is this what I really see? Because I understand like pho- photons, electrons, and how our eyes work. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, is this how everything actually looks? Right. I'm like, what the fuck? So everywhere I look, it's like the grid that I see Everything that I look at matches like the grid house supposed to. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, everything is connected. I'm like, what the fuck? So light is the thing that goes into my eye and th- and it reflects what I'm seeing. I'm like, yo, this is some crazy shit. Yeah. So I'm like, now I'm like, yo, I was supposed to see that. I'm with supposed. I'm I'm supposed to be with these guys, and then we're like all in sync. Since we're all Super. in sync, we start walking. We start walking in a single file line, barefoot, <laughs> barefoot on the street, in the bottoms. Yeah. Like the at the time I was thinking, like, yo, what are people gonna say? But I got to the point of saying, fuck it. Yeah. Everything. That's that that is such a good feeling. Yes. And such a life lesson in itself. It, it got me back to how, how to feel as a child. Right. I'm dancing for the sake of dancing. Right. I'm not dancing we, for somebody looking at me. We build up these insecurities and, uh, you know, inner dialogue mm-hmm. that's just like that inner critic yep. over, you know, getting bullied, whatever it may be throughout your childhood. Yes. Things your parents tell you, you know. And it's like to finally have that revelation, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, just be yourself. Like, Yes. I'm not hurting nobody. Yeah. I'm out here. Yeah, I might be walking barefoot. You're in your house. You right. Yeah, who are these guys? Yeah, yeah sitting there watching TV, whatever. Yeah. It's like, I'm not bothering you. Yeah, we're just going on a walk, man. Yeah, if you talk to us, we might talk to you weird. Because <laughs> right. we're like, yo. We might look at you, sent you for a while. <laughs> like, whoa, what's on your face, bro? Right. <laughs> I remember walking by that house, bro, and it was like America to the finest. Yeah. Like, they had the eagle outside with the uh, USA on it. I'm like, oh, shit. Because, like, at that point, I knew, like, everything was possible. I was like, um, who's that comedian that um, talked about? Um, I forgot his name, but Bill Hicks. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, <laughs> I could see, uh, like, in my head, I was like, I see why this, these dudes thought um, they could fly. So he's talking about the story of a guy who jumped off the balcony thinking mm-hmm. he could fly. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Hicks like, what a dick. Why he start from the ground first? <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> but joke. I understand now that right. uh, anything was possible. Yep. So I'm like, holy shit. So this is when I became aware of like my thoughts could be very constructive or destructive. Oh yeah. If I don't have like a foundation of willpower of letting thoughts take over. Mm-hmm. I can go down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. But being around you guys was just like, okay, keep it up, beat, keep it up, beat. And so that happened, and then I got next to the fire, mm-hmm. and it brought out something primal. And I was just like, it brought, and I started talking in my language ASAP. Oh, yeah. 
I was like, oh shit. It, it, it almost seemed like, like ancestral. Like, holy shit, yeah. this brought me back to like maybe when one of my ancestors first did something like this. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking. Mm-hmm. And when I, like, I felt like my eyes were closed the whole time, but my eyes were open. I thought you were talking to your ancestors that whole time, dude. Yeah, because I was just like, oh. Because I, I kept my distance. I was like, nah, he's he's in a channeling <laughs> session right now, or he's having a conversation with some and I was, guardian angels or something. Because, yeah, it was profound. It man. was all third person, in a sense. Right. Like, I was talking to myself, but I wasn't the only one, like, having the conversation. It That's was all, also, like, my higher self. I felt like answers were talking to me, and I also felt like God was talking to me. Yeah. That's so, a hell of a dialogue. Yeah. So <laughs> I opened my eyes, and you guys were looking at me. I'm like, and then some, <laughs> some of you guys started to walk away. I was like, oh, am I doing something? And, and I started talking my language again, and I'm like, holy shit. I couldn't control it in a sense. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was having a conversation with God. I'll, he was like, I will never forget it. You always think that I'm away from you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I always thought that you was away from me. I'm always with you. Even if you're lost, I'm still with you. 100%. So I'm like, holy shit. So I'm talking. I'm like, in my language, I'm sorry. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for helping us. And... And then all scatterbrain thoughts after that. Now I'm just trying to figure shit out. If God's always with me, why is this? Why is that? Um, why am I in this body? Why, why is there no answers? Right. All I, all I understood after taking LSD was just to not roll with the punches, but just live. Mm-hmm. And let go. Yes. You can't control, bro. We can't know everything, but it's good to have a grasp, yeah, so we can stay afloat. But we're not gonna know. Yeah, the biggest lesson I've learned from psychedelics is just let go, letting go. Like because, that's what it's called, surrender, bro. Yeah, surrender. Yeah. And you realize surrendering is a strength. Yes, because we're taught it's a weakness in our society. Yes, like, you got to be tough. It's like same thing with the uh, a lot of the surrender. girls now. Um, there's the relationship talk now going around. It's being submissive, submissive, right? Mm-hmm. Some girls don't like that because they think it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. But it's like we're submissive at our jobs because we have bosses, right? We we submit to um, sometimes our goals and our dreams because we have other priorities, right? It's not a bad thing to surrender. It's not a bad thing no. to be submissive. No, but surrendering, like it does, take a lot of courage. Oh yeah, willpower, bravery, because it's like. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, and you're putting your faith in something yes. bigger than yourself that the, it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not trying to control every little aspect of your life, which exactly. will drive you insane. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, so it's best to just surrender to the experience yeah. and know that I'm not going to have it all figured out, but I know that I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through adversity no matter what. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're black, you're white. Everybody's gonna go through some sort of adversity. Gonna have some 100%. pain. Gonna have some suffering. Hundred percent. We can't control that shit. What we can control is our choices, so we don't have to be in certain places when those kinds of things happen, 100%. and not uh, lose grip. Because right. there's a lot of times that I lost grip, 
when when it comes to psychedelics. But mm-hmm. now that I think about it, it was voluntary. The experience that I had with LSD or shrooms is voluntary. So I had to remember that I need to surrender. I need to yeah. submit. I will not control this. If you don't surrender, you're going to have a rough time. If you're fighting, yeah. bro, it's going to be a horrible experience. Yeah, it's going to be a horrible experience. And I pray for you in that yeah. moment because... God forbid, man. That's why <laughs> I've been there. Some of my friends would be like, yo, Tuck, uh, I want to do shrooms. I'm like, can I do it with you? Because I want to like help guide you. Right. Because you don't know if they're ready for that. Exactly. You know? So it's like, all right, cool. I asked him, do you feel something coming? I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go meditate. Right. And kind of soothe everything out and kind of go over some guidelines. Set and setting is huge. Yeah. Bro. So it's like, bro. Just know that you're going on an experience. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're going through something in your mind and you feel like you're in a cycle, what's going on is your your breath is very rapid right now. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do is calm your nervous system down. Oh, yeah. If you're calm, your it's not going to it's not going to be. Because, like, when you're, like, when you're stressful, bro, people die from stress. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I, so it's like, bro, you need to relax. Oh, yeah. It's going to be hard, but because we're, we're, not, we're not given the tools of how to relax in a sense. Mm-hmm. We don't have times of s- sitting down, actually enjoying the moment, or taking this experience for what it is. Because right. we're always trying to be in control, control, control. Oh, yeah. But, like... LSD and mushrooms tell you, nigga, you are not in control. Nah. nah. <laughs> be along for the ride. We're on a roller coaster. Right. But what you can do is just be grateful for all these fucking ups and downs and things that come along the journey. Mm-hmm. So that whole time when I'm with somebody, I'm like, bro, just realize like you are not in control. What you can control is your choices and how mm-hmm. you react to things. Exactly. And know that um, your thoughts are not you. And it's like even when you think you're in control... You're not, not in control. <laughs> yeah. Like, so quit yourself. Like, yeah. even if I'm in control of my car, my car can do something that right. it, it wants to do. Yeah. It's like, at any moment, your car could just shut down and malfunction. Yes. And it's like, were you really in same, Yeah, same thing with our body. Yeah. Like, I'm not liking, I'm not liking this. One organ can fail. Right. So it's like, we're, we're, not on, we're not in control. The only thing that we're in control of is how we react to things. Yep. And that comes from all like childhood. Like, how were you told how to express your emotions? Yeah, responding versus reacting, man. Like, because like all like all we do now is react. Oh yeah, and everything is like instant gratification in our culture. Like, we want it right now, but we can't be here now. Exactly. That's why I always say like, we always like want the nicest, newest thing out, Mm -hmm. but like we can't just. Be still. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yep. Be like, uh, I already have this thing that already works just fine. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. Nope. Do I really need to upgrade? Probably mm-hmm. not. Mm-mm. Instead of immediately going to buy it without even thinking about it. Facts. Like, there's a big difference there. Yes. Of, like, instantly doing something versus thinking about it for a minute and realizing you don't have to do that. You yeah, could, you could be fine where you're at. One thing I ask on my podcast is what what is one thing you wish you didn't own? Mm. And most of the time they're impulse buys from people. Yep. So I have a lot of things that I, that I had before I moved in with Haley that I didn't have. I'm like before I moved with Haley, bro, 
when I moved with Haley, all I had was a table, my recording equipment. Yeah. Damn. Like, bro, I did not have any furniture. Because I always live with my parents. Right. Even when I lived with my parents, I didn't have a dresser. Mm-hmm. I hung up all my clothes. The only thing I had was a bed. <laughs> all I had was a bed and clothes in my that's car. That's crazy. That's it. That's, and my according equipment. Like That's respectable, though, man. Just, like, to be able to, you know, pack all your things up and just leave yes. without needing a freaking U-Haul. Yeah. Then I move up. with Haley. She's like, this all you got? Yeah. It's like, you can't take it with you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, when I get with her, she's like, well, I'm glad that you do, like, I'm glad that you don't have much, but there's certain things that you need to get. So I understood right. that, but it's like, now I know what I need right. versus what I want. Oh, like, it'd be difference. nice to have, it'd be nice to have a 72 inch screen, right. screen TV. Right. Yeah, that would be bad. But I got a 42, it works right. fine. Yeah, same. I bought it for I bought it on Marketplace. All all my TVs are used and yeah. they work just fine. Most of my shit is a hand me down except this. Right. And like some recording recording equipment. Yeah, like, I feel like get what works for you. Yeah. And it's like if it works, don't bre- try to break it. Yeah, bro. Or, <laughs> what's that uh, phrase? If it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Because like people, bro, people. That's what I also realized when I was. Um, this is like one of my. Uh, the trip that I did on mushrooms, I was like, damn, kids in other places, they make fucking cars out of fucking trash. They make cars out of, like, like people make something from nothing mm-hmm. all the time. So I need to be, like, resourceful yeah. with what I have. Like, I, like we were talking about, there's... I don't need that. Maybe I can make something I can salvage from certain things. Right. And make it instead of going to goodbye. Cause like uh, you get more of a, um, you become more proud of yourself when you like make something. Oh yeah. Instead of having to go buy it. It's the same exactly. thing. Like making your own food. Oh yeah. Versus going buy it. Of course, there's a lot of great things to eat when you go out, oh, but yeah. it's like, you feel more happy when you make it. You're like, damn, that's sure. fire. Or like, you know, mowing your lawn. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, just like simple things around the I house. I like to pull my own weeds. Dude, <laughs> dude, that's what I found out, like owning a house. Yeah. Like, bro, like, I don't know a lot when it comes to handyman skills. Yeah. And, and that's something I'm learning since mm. becoming a homeowner. Yeah. Which I would recommend, like, being a handyman before you're a homeowner. Yeah. <laughs> because you, you learn be quick. Yeah, it's expensive, bro, if you don't know how to do things yourself. Mm. So you're you're talking plumbing, elect, electrician work, yes. like all that stuff, bro. And it's like, you know, all that stuff is important skills. Mm-hmm. And it's like that stuff I wish we were taught mm-hmm. in school, like in basic uh, high school mm-hmm. like classes. You know, I wish there was like a just a life class, right? Yeah, just like fixing up your house, mm-hmm. like. These are the things you're going to run into. Mm-hmm. Things you probably should know, like basic skills for each of these, you know, plumbing, yep. electricity, like um, all that stuff. I wish I would have paid attention to personal finance in high school. 100%. Oh, but I don't. I didn't understand the, the severity of it when I was in high school. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because it's like, uh, 
I didn't know anything about credit. And then I got my first credit card and I didn't do well. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit. I definitely should have took credit seriously. Oh, yeah. But um, just like after those psychedelic experiences, it like opened me up to having uh, having a set purpose on trying to uplift people. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we need in order to innovate and create the future. So that's what like led me to on to do even more like different things of creating, creating music, creating podcasts, creating website, creating just a whole bunch of shit, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to inspire the young generation like, yo, this is what's going to push us forward. Because uh, technology is going to come to a point where we're going to have to use technology to um, reverse what we just did. Right. You know? But what we started out with as humans is like creativity. Mm-hmm. We know how to make tools. So it's like, okay, what can I do to help humanity? This came out from a trip that I did with six grams. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have been around four other fucking people right. when I did it. Right. It's like we live I, and we learn, man. I realize, like, I like to be, it's almost like a shaman in a sense. Mm-hmm. I like to guide people, yep. which makes sense. Blazing Trail. Oh, shit. You're, you're a yeah. healer, bro. So it makes sense because it's like, I want people to not go through the same shit that I went through, mm-hmm. even though I know they're going to go through it. Right. I just want to be like a light. Like, hey, bro, I know it's going to be dark, but I got a light right here. Yeah. Keep coming. Yeah. You know? And watch your foot. There's something right there. You know? I always saw that about you, bro. Like, yeah. I always knew you were a light worker. And yeah, because, like, like, I'm just trying, like, there's a lot of darkness. and You were always bringing light in, bro. Like, yeah. always. Anytime that I come in, like, a certain place, like, I notice, like. You just feel the energy. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, we need to lift this shit up. Right. Like, that's why I think, like, I'm goofy. So, when, when I right. was in college, people didn't think I was, like. 25 in this bitch. <laughs> right. they, they, they're like, oh shit, we thought you were 19. It's because I keep, I like, ever since we did our first couple of like psychedelic experiences, mm-hmm. I, I kept my child, like, I understood be childlike. Yeah, yeah. Explore. Childlike wonder and yeah. imagination, don't lose humor. It. Yeah. Because it's like, bro, like, you don't like being an adult, like, it's cool, but like, I don't want to be. I don't want to be boxed in like this, how you have to do things. Right. Like, um, like there comes a certain time and place where I need to like handle my biz. Right. Be serious. And- but life is already stressful. Yeah. I don't like, I need to make lighthearted of a lot of things. Oh yeah. So it's like, I'm going to try and make everybody's mood. I'm trying to be like, like the funny guy. You Laughter's know? medicine, man. And it's like, I want people to be comfortable. Like we don't have to be hard. You know, we can express life is going to come. Life is going to come hard regardless. So why should we even do it? Right. You know, that's how I think. Like, bro, let's just let's have fun. Exactly. It's not because like something's going to like something's going to go hard. Like a family member is about to like going to pass away. Like mm-hmm. that's hard. Yeah. So let, let's try and make everything else easy. Right. So that's how I think about it. Appreciate it while you're here. You know, it's tough because like. We feel like when I was 18, I'm like, man, I got a lot of life to live. 
Right. And then I realized like the uh, fr- like the fragility of everything. Like I could be gone soon. Yeah. And I don't know when. So it's like it's like this battle of this teeter totter of getting shit done or letting shit happen, uh, like shit come to me. Mm-hmm. So I meet in the middle. Yeah. That's but all I you al- can do. But I also like sit and appreciate everything as it comes. Mm-hmm. And like I work fast in a sense of executing, but I don't um, like try and get everything done. Right. Because you do got to take the action to make things happen. Yes. Like they're not just going to magically happen. Yeah, but I can't be like action faking in a sense. Right. Just doing things, doing things, making it feel like I'm doing something. Right. So I have to be strategic on the moves that I make. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found out not too uh, like three years ago because like you, you see the hustle culture, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's like building burnout. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people are out. just like, if you're just in it for the money, which is fine, you know? Yeah. You'll burn yourself out. Oh, yeah. And then you, once you get, like, burned out, it's almost like taking a lunch break, like a long-ass lunch break. You don't want to go back. No. <laughs> I know the exact feeling, dude. I burnt myself out working yeah. two jobs. Yeah, like, but it was necessary at the time, but yeah. it's like, damn. I don't want to burn myself out because it's like... I want to save my energy for the right things. Right. So it's like, damn, I was doing it just to get some money. Mm-hmm. But let me have a purpose-driven life. Right. You know? These are the things, like, now at this point, it's like, okay, now I know why I'm doing this second job, but I'm not going to, if this, like, I'm not going to have excess problems on top of that. This right. dude's trying to create something, like, some problems at work. I ain't even tripping. Right. I got other things going on. Because it's like, Dude, I was doing landscaping on top of landscaping. Yeah, I remember that. Like, bro. it's different when I'm doing like landscaping, mm-hmm. and then my other job—I yeah. guess you could call this a job—is yeah. <laughs> like doing something I love, like exactly. talk, talking, talking about things I love talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, expanding ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just you know, innovating. Yep. Uh, spreading awareness, spreading love. Um, you know, uplifting people, hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. if they're feeling down, like just making an impact, really. I'm with it, man. And it's like for so long, I thought like I wasn't ready to do this, mm-hmm. but it was like ayahuasca really gave me the push off the cliff to mm-hmm. be like, dude, what the hell are you waiting for? There's there's no reason why we should wait on certain things. No. If it comes to like hosting an event or something... Yeah. Right. Take some time. Plan it out. You yeah. Know. But like that's a lot a lot of things we just need to do it. Yeah. You just gotta do it. It's like working out, you know? <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm gonna think out about next doing week. Yeah, I'm gonna think about doing twenty push ups. It's like why not work out right now? Yeah. You know? It's like today. <laughs> Cause they, they somebody said Mondays are the worst day to start something new. Really? Because like That's interesting. I, I don't know the frame of mind, but I kinda understand because it's like you're doing it because, um, like, when you, like like you were saying, you should just start now, yeah. not wait on a certain day because mm-hmm. there could not be tomorrow. Yeah. You may not get that day. So it's like, just do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, like, if, like, working out is one thing because it's like, I mean, you can do your push-ups and stuff right there, but there's certain things that you can't start that day. Oh, yeah. But if, let's say, you're starting a podcast, right? Right. 
what you can do is learn how people structure their shows. Right. You can learn how, well, like a, a hosting site that can host all your your episodes. Mm-hmm. You could you could start out like that and then realize, okay, cool. Now let's think about what I want to call it. What is my niche? What am I going to talk about? Right. How do how do, how long do I want to speak? Do I want to have interview or like interviews? Do I want to have prompts to talk about for the week? Do I want to do this every day? That's how you start today. Right. Instead of, uh, I'm going to wait till I have my first guest. Right. Or, like, shit like that. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about that. But the thing that um, stopped us, because me and Jack, because I had the idea of starting a podcast at the time. I was going to call it, like, the Yato experience. Oh, yeah. But I wanted it to be its own separate thing. So Right. We were going to start it our, what was that? 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2019, like in January. So we're going to use the facilities that we had at UNL because mm-hmm. they have like all these recording equipment already for the J school, the journalism school. And he's a broadcast right. major, so they do all the work in there. All I would do is just bring my laptop. Mm-hmm. We already have a place set up. Okay. So we're doing that. And then COVID hit. Yeah. So I think it was 2020. Actually, wait. 2020, yeah. Yeah. So I graduated. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I graduated last blur, year. bro. Yeah. So I graduated, yeah, graduated in May. So that stopped us, but I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to figure out what I want to do with this podcast. Okay, cool. All right. What are you going to call it? So I hashed out a couple names. Do I want interviewers? Uh, do I want guests? Yeah. How am I, what do I want in, in the end? How do I want to take this podcast and help other people? Then I did that. And then another thing came was like, I didn't have a place to do it. So me and Haley were moving out of our old, old spot. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, whatever we do, we're getting a two bedroom. Because I'm going to make that other room, my podcast room, and a place to work. So was she supportive of that? Oh yeah, hell yeah. I always tell like respect to Haley. She yeah, she was always like, she's always my tester. Okay, Haley, try this on. If I have clothing, I'm like Haley, try this on. <laughs> she's like, I like that. I'm like, I'm like, yay or no? She's like, no. <laughs> uh, so I try a different thing, and then sometimes. I want to have her on the podcast. She hates her voice, though. So I'm like, I won't give you headphones. Just talk. Yeah. She's like, I still won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever, like, when we were first starting out, when I had my first guest, it was just Jack, so I didn't really trip. So mm-hmm. I had her on the mic. She was helping me out. But she's like my helper, in a sense. So she mm-hmm. tells me, like, when I'm bullshitting, mm-hmm. she's like, you know, you said you were going to do X, Y, Z. You ain't did shit. I'm mm. like, damn. You're right. That's good to have someone. She to checks keep you me, bro. Check. Yeah. She's like, need that. She's like, tell you too much of a people pleaser. I'm like, right. fuck, you're right. No, I struggle with that too. She's bro. like, you always tell people yes. And then you bitch about it later. I'm like, you're fucking right. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't want to let people down. Yeah. But it's like, what about you? You can't please everybody, though. Yeah. That's what I've had to learn. Cause like I've built enough. Cause uh, you can't give yourself up for other people that's all what the I've time. Done. 
Because I'm done. You have no love left for yourself. Exactly. Because that burns point, you out. That's what it reminded me of, like what I was doing for my family, and that's what I'm supposed to do for my family, right? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to give, but I, I realized like I ain't got shit right now. Right. Like I can't give you anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I need to fill my cup. Yep. And then at that point, I can then give out. But now it's like I have to be very wary of my time, mm-hmm. in the sense of, do I need to be, um. Well, uh, not wasting time, but spending time with this one thing or this person, probably don't. Right. If they're not going to... If they're not benefiting you in some way, or like... Cause not even got, that. There's got to be a give and receive. Exactly. In some form or another. Value. Yeah. Are we going to have a valuable conversation? Right. Like, I'll, I'll meet with people with coffee, but it has to be over, like... Like, if we're going to meet up and, like, it's been a while, mm-hmm. that's already valuable. We There's a lot of lost time. Right. Let's make up. Right. But if the homies just want to hang, like, I like got time. Yeah, I ain't got time <laughs> right, to hang. Right. Like, I tell my homies, like, yo, I, I got love for you. You know what? Uh, you know what we got to do. We're we're older now. Right. We got priorities. I still got love for you. Responsible. So when we hang out, it's gonna be fucking dope. Right. It's not like when we used to. We just hang out, just fucking shooting the shit. Right. Um. But now it's like more. Everything's more with intent. Right. So it's like. If somebody wants to like have coaching on something, Haley's like, you should charge for that because that's your time, like your personal time that it takes away. If you're trying to, if I'm trying to build my website, because that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to rebuild my shit right now. So it's like that's taking away time. Mm-hmm. One of my homies, he runs a media company right now. He's like, you got to think of yourself as a business too. Yeah, because you have time is money. Yeah, and he's like, sometimes you got to charge people for your time. You've done enough free. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're right. But it's, it's, it, the reason why I did it is because I have a stigma with money. Mm-hmm. I think of it as like, if I have too much of it, I'm a I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. We only think of it because like that that very few like very few people there are the ones that do fucked up shit with the with the money, right? Right, right. But we necessarily don't. There's, so it's like there's good rich people and there's bad rich people. Money is just a tool. It right. depends how you use it. Exactly, hundred percent. A gun is a tool, which way you use it. Right. <laughs> so that's how I think about it. Money. Like, I'm trying to get resources, mm-hmm. my resources in check, so I can help other people with resources. Right. Because right now, I have time. I don't have enough money. So I'm trying to use my time to figure out ways to make money. Exactly. So at that point, when I do get money, I'm going to now like invest it so it buys me time. Right. Makes so much sense. At that time, I was like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. But it's like... We have I, to I, be. My time is valuable. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I had to get rid of that. It took me a while, so it's kind of like... Because it's almost disrespectful to yourself if yeah. you don't see it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't consider yourself valuable? Yeah. It's like, I get, I get charity and yeah. I get, um, you know... Doing good works for others. Yeah. But there is a price with that. Like, yeah. There is. Opportunity cost, bro. I yeah. could be doing something else right now. Exactly. It's like, dude, you just being on here right now, yeah. like giving me your time. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, for much. sure. Because like, like, we've given enough value to each other. So it's yeah, not like. exactly. A it's lot of people are like, thing. damn, I'm going to reschedule this shit. Right. Sometimes I have to reschedule with my homies because something just turned up and I have to figure that out. Right. Because if I do that thing with you, I'm not going to be present. Well, and it's like, dude, just getting older. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Like on the weekends, yeah. On the weekends, man. Like I find myself at home reading or watching a documentary Mm -hmm. by myself, and complete peace. Yes. Versus like, oh, let's go downtown and have some drinks. It's like, and then feel like shit tomorrow. No, I'm good. That's cool and all. Yeah, but like. Bro, I waste my whole next day every time I go downtown and have drinks. And like, then I become, uh, I become like my weaknesses mm-hmm. in a sense. Like if if I'm not feeling optimal, I'll let anything slide. Mm-hmm. There's a time and a place. Man. Yeah, there's a time and a place to but celebrate. When, yeah, when I when I tell myself, yeah, I'm gonna feel like shit. I'm not gonna really feel bad about feeling like shit. Right. But if I go and like. Ah, if it's every week you're yeah. feeling like shit, every day you feel like What's shit, a, something's it's wrong. It's not special anymore. No, it's like... So that's why I'm scared with the homies, like, don't get lost in the sauce. Yeah. Because it's they, like... You can get you could easily get lost in the sauce, bro. It's like, at what point is it like, what are you even celebrating anymore? Yeah. It's like, oh, let's go celebrate. Like, celebrate what? Yeah. I'm celebrating life right now, just breathing. Yes. <laughs> you know? And not feeling like shit. Yeah, Exactly. Drinking something that doesn't taste that good right now. You like know? water in my cup. You yeah. Know? I'm chilling. Yeah. I'm learning right, right now. Right. Exactly. Like building, yeah. growing, learning. Some, some people are like, yo, tough, man. Well, you don't ever want to hang out with us anymore. It's like, it's not that. No. No, I, I never saw it that way, bro. No, not my, e- I know, I'm talking about there's oh, some people I have in my mind. No, no, I know. They're, I know. They're like, damn, tell you, you don't ever want to hang out? I'm like, bro, why do you see it like that? <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not like that. You're you're one of the busiest people I know, or like, <laughs> and and simultaneously know the most people. Yeah. So it's like trying to balance like what you have on your plate, dude. I can't even fathom. Yeah, because like, like I have to start writing stuff out because I'm like, oh shit, I forgot I had this thing. Right. And it's like I'm pulling so many different directions. Right. That I have to put boundaries, especially yeah. even my They're job. Important. They're like, well, uh, we have this requirement. For um, you have to be open some some evenings, and I said I, that can't happen. Right, like it can happen on Mondays for association meetings, but it cannot happen. That was a good lesson you learned there to stand up for yourself. Yeah, because they're like draw oh, the wait, line in the sand. Damn, okay. Because he could have been a people pleaser yes, and said, yeah. "Yes, yeah, no problem." Yeah, for the money, I'm not gonna sell out. And then right when you walk out, you're like, oh, "I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like with Haley, because like. She's she's the, one of the most important people in my life, and I have to give her attention. I have to give her time. Yeah, exactly. and I want to. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, because if I don't handle my biz that day, I'm gonna feel like shit, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm hanging out with Haley, I want to be present. Exactly. I don't want to be thinking about okay, idea for fucking this video, mm-hmm. idea for how I'm gonna edit this. I'm not present. No. Yeah, and that's and it's tough. Not fair. That's a tough balance, man. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, cool. Three hard hours, I'm hanging out with my girl. Ain't nobody talking to me. Right. You know? Put the phone away. That's what I've learned from, like, all these, like, these people, like, high performers in a sense. Like, they have their life structured in a way that I don't want, but I want to, like, I want to have the same kind of discipline that they have. Yeah. Because it allows for your time to be... um like loose in a sense. Like mm-hmm. if something comes up, I can do it. Right. So with them, it's like these high level people, they really use uh, most of their day to the potential. Yeah. 
because like when I think about it, I I have this app on my phone. It gives me my screen time and how much I use on which app. Right. So I realize and work backwards from that to be like, all right, cool. If you're watching YouTube for eight hours and it's in the background, we need to get rid of some of that. Right. Because most of the time I'm like listening to podcasts when I'm like doing work. Mm-hmm. But I need to figure out how to optimize my time. Right. Now I have like applications that allow, it's like airplane mode, mm-hmm. but people can still call me. I just can't access diff, uh, certain things on my phone. Mm. It won't allow me. Because mm-hmm. that, this is a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Point to my phone. Oh, yeah. This is a rabbit hole. It's a cell And it's phone stopping us. Puts you in a cell. It, and it's so true because it's like everybody's fighting for attention. Oh, yeah. When I put out my podcast, like little clips, I'm fighting for attention. Dude, I, I heard something on a podcast. It's like uh, when you, it's like the difference between attention and awareness. Yeah. And it's like when you uh, are aware of something mm-hmm. versus pay attention yes you're paying yes you're paying your energy yeah there's a currency exchange there exactly so it's like everything you pay attention to you're losing something exactly by paying yes attention like it's a free app no it's not versus like being aware of it you see it in the corner of your eye and you let it pass you know because like you're not fixated on it facebook is a quote-unquote free app it's not free you're paying attention yeah these advertisers are paying for your eyeballs. Yeah, 100%. I'm like, damn, that's fucking smart. Yeah. And they've realized how to use the human psychology Oh yeah. to manipula- manipulate it Oh yeah. for some dollars. I, I, like, I ain't mad at it because I have the choice right. to get off or get on. Mm-hmm. But they figured, because they figured out, okay, if we make it this kind of way, they'll continue scrolling. Because, like, sometimes I scroll, I'm like, right. I feel like I'm about to find something. But then I, like, step back. I'm like, wait, why am I scrolling? I feel like I'm finding something. Nigga, I ain't finding shit. <laughs> right. Put that shit away. It's like it's like licking an ice cream cone <laughs> with a razor blade in it. And you're like, you know, I'm just going to keep licking this thing and hope I don't hit that razor blade. But you know what? <laughs> that razor blade's still there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> It's just like, um, but no, like it is useful for certain things, but you better use it as a tool. Yeah. It's all about how you use it. That's like everything. Yeah. And I, I follow a lot of, uh, interesting accounts and like-minded pages and stuff that it kind of uplifts my day, like Mm -hmm. seeing certain things, but at the same time, it's like, you still get lost in it. Yes. And it's like, you could just be reading a book or something or like, You know, doing tasks that you need to get done for the day mm-hmm. versus just sitting there sucked into your phone. <laughs> and, like, if I set out time to get on my phone, like, this is what I've realized. If I set out to do something, mm-hmm. I won't feel as bad because I set out to do it. Right. Instead of uh, getting sucked into it. So it's like, all right, cool. I put this on my to-do list to watch this documentary i'm not gonna feel bad about watching it nice i like that oh f- work hard for 40 minutes stay on you could be on your phone for 20 all right cool when i'm on this 20 i'm fucking chilling i like that all right go back to work 40 minutes don't touch the phone 
So like you schedule in time on your phone and stuff like yes, that. Yes, because I use it. Right. So I might as well. I like that. Because it's like, if if I'm if this is kind of a part of me already, I'm a cyborg already. Right. So it's like, might as well use it. Because that makes you more conscious of it. Yes. Because you can get lost in it for hours and lose track of time. Because Haley was the first one that checked me on it. She's like, you're on your phone. Right. Why? Women are good at that. Yes. But she does it too. Right. But I don't check her on her shit. Right. Because it reminds me of the times that I was on my shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yep. That's what... Uh, Haley's a reflection of myself. Yeah, we're mirrors, bro. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. When she, when she like, uh, is upset about something, I'm like, huh. What is she upset about? She's upset about that. There's something that is in her also that she doesn't like. Triggers so that's why something she, in you. Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, hmm. It so I don't take everything. it personal, so yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay, thank you, babe. Yep. It's one of those four agreements, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard because you have to learn that shit, bro. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, with her, like, ever since getting in a relationship, bro, I, I was like, okay, I got to be really good with my time. Oh, yeah. Because I ain't got no kid right now. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a time where I have a kid. So if I ain't got my shit straight now, the kid's going to, whoo. Oh, yeah. Probably... All those other priorities, fucking back burner. Yep. Kid is first. Yep. So I'm like, Changes okay, everything. Get, let's get this shit in order first before we bring a kid in this situation. Right. So I'm like, okay. Haley has that time frame of a, of a child. All right, cool. I got to get my shit together. Save some money. Save. Um, get, uh, do my to-do list. Because it's hard. Like, you can make a to-do list, but you got to do the to-do do, list. <laughs> do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like, that's what I learned from one of my friends. He owns a real estate, real estate tech uh, company. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I think everybody should do this before they go to sleep. Do a to do list for sure. Don't matter how little, don't matter how big. Do it. Great advice. Because like, we think that we have the mental capacity, the CPU, to remember everything. No fucking way. No. I'm like, oh, I'll get to it." Now I have a habit of like, what'd you say? I write it down real quick. Mm-hmm. Because I have like a 30 second span of like, wait, what was that that you said? Right. Otherwise it's gone. Yeah, Never because there's so many again. other things occupying my time. Yep. My mind, my mind space. So I'm like, okay, all right. When I'm with somebody, I'm like, it's like I'm almost taking notes already when mm-hmm. I'm listening to them. Because like. I'm trying to grab value at any time because I feel like God is always talking to me. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this motherfucker pointed me a certain way. Oh, yeah. So what is he saying? What is he really saying? Right. And then I take that shit. Write it down. Yep. Writing down, bro, that's like, it's like creative in a sense because it's like I'm putting the pieces together to the puzzle. Right. It's like you got to wonder how many ideas were lost that were never wrote down. Exactly. Because like there was this, oh, what was the idea? Like, I'm talking brilliant ideas. Yeah. World-changing ideas. And just slipped. And it's just like, oh, forgot to write that down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Probably should have. And you'd be so mad you forgot about it. Exactly. And then you see the actual idea come to be, you're like, oh, shit. That dude's a millionaire. He he owns the patents now. Oh, that was my idea I never wrote down. Idea of a lifetime. That's why I tell people, just get started. Yep. made that video because... I have problems at the beginning of getting shit started. Mm-hmm. Cause like everybody has 
reasons why they don't start, but they don't realize the power that comes with it from starting. It's like the fear of the unknown. Oh yeah. You're like, damn, why was I why didn't I even start why 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 did I wait? Right. Exactly. And it's like we always fear something that doesn't even exist. Yeah. It's this like, is not even there. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Terrence McKenna has that quote. He's like, You dive into the abyss mm-hmm. only to find out it's a it's a feather bed. Yeah. Or it's like a bed <laughs> of feathers. It's like what are you so scared of, bro? Like, it was a bed of feathers the whole time. You just had to jump. Oh, my God. That's so true. <laughs> it's like, you know, just taking that first step. You know, no matter if you take two steps back, you keep moving forward. Exactly, man. That's what, that's what, that's how I see life is. Everything, like, things will set you back. Mm-hmm. We're still alive. So we stay, take a step forward. Right. Because, like, Human beings were adverse adapting beings. Right. There's, we're not sedentary in a sense. Like, we are very, like, we ourselves are tools. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh man, like uh, Joe Rogan showed like somebody, uh, these people in Ecuador in the rainforest, they've, They've adapted. Their feet has a, have adapted to always grab like the 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 mud, the the dirt, the sand. Their mm. feet are like spread now. Damn. So they can grab uh, as they're walking. You know, because right. it's like the body adapts to like its environment. Make it e- yeah to its environment to make it easier and thrive in it. Right. So it's like I always feel like. You have to kind of be aware of your environment mm-hmm. and then make yourself the tool to make shit happen. No doubt. And it's like being aware of your environment so much as to say, like, if this environment isn't good, like, maybe Dude's we should change something. Facts. <laughs> like, and you have the power to change that. And it's it's about creating that that village. Mm-hmm. The, the tribe. Right. All right, cool. We all have some sort of, uh, we have like the same kind of goal and values in mind. Mm-hmm. So let's work towards this um, this uh, sort of living, you know? Right. But yeah, man, I'm going to take a drink. Oh, you're good. What are we at time-wise? Hour 45. Oh, damn. It's my longest episode yet. Congratulations. Wouldn't want it any other way. It's lit, but we have these conversations all the time. Oh, all the time. This is just one of the few that was recorded. I remember <laughs> we were talking. I was like, bro, we should have just hit record. Oh, yeah. Because this is what we do all the time. It's always. But I was yeah. I was going to mention Chango earlier. I forgot about the thought. Yeah. We were just talking about forgetting thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the synchronicity there, but. I forget what it was related to, but it was like Chango mentioned, like, you know, you were talking about listening to podcasts and like how sometimes you realize maybe I shouldn't be listening to a podcast right now or mm-hmm. I need to focus more. Mm-hmm. He's like, sometimes I'll be driving and I'll just shut off the podcast because I realize I'm not paying attention to it or I'm yep. not listening. Yep. And I just ride in silence and just take it all in. Yep. I'm like, dude, that's fucking. Yeah. 
that's uh, amazing. Like, I totally resonate with that. And like, because there's something, if something is screaming in your head, that is not making you pay attention. There, you need to pay attention. Right. So sometimes, like, when I'm riding a bike, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going through this thought, and and it's like, I can't, like. Really think it through. I turn it off. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I just take a walk when I'm like thinking too much. Oh yeah. Because I feel like I need to work it out. Not not like in a sense exercise, but just like work it out in my mind. Like, wait, what's this problem? Mm-hmm. Because like sometimes when I do like when I'm working on a website, when I'm thinking about designs, I can't have anything else. No. No other. No other input. Because I can easily get influenced to think something else. Sensory overload. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like when I tell Haley, Haley, do not come in. Because like when she comes in, like I, every time that I'm doing something creative, I have to do it outside of my house in a sense. Yeah. Because I always have the the fear, not the fear, but I'll just say the fear of Haley coming in. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about how does she feel? Does she feel like... Right. She's not getting enough attention. It'll just get me off. That's why I think, like, especially rappers, they 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 lock themselves in a studio. Right. Because it allows the creative juices to flow. There's not much input. Even when I would write, dude, I you know, I write poetry from time to time. Yeah. And like Fire. I'd have to be on the bike at the gym to like find my safe space and yeah. like not have any distractions and just be like in the zone, mm-hmm. you know. Because, like, at home, you know, um, in my last relationship, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Joy would, like, come in and say, oh, let's watch this or let's do this. And it, my thoughts would immediately shift to paying attention to that conversation. Yep. And it's like, I love you, babe, but... Yeah, I got to do this. I got to do... I'm doing this right now. And you don't love yeah, me, you, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you can't be in that creative state of mind with nope. in your house. Or even knowing, so many famous people say that. Yeah, like Joey Diaz. I remember he'd say, "I'd always have to leave the fucking house to <laughs> to, <laughs> to write jokes, Joe." You know, like yeah, but it is. There's true. something to that, you know, because like it's like literally getting in tune. Mm-hmm. I have to be like I can't. When you're in tune, like everything has to be. There can't be other input. Mm-hmm. Because this is a clear thought. When you when you have like a certain line that you just came up with, and you're like writing it out, and it's kind of like coming together. If something was to come in right now, and like disrupt me, like I'll be like, oh, I'll remember it. And then once we're done with the conversation, I'm like, and then I go back, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> yep, it's gone. <laughs> it might come back later, but I'm just like. <sighs> Yeah, it's frustrating. Or even the thought of like somebody could come in this moment, so I gotta get it down really quick. Yeah, but it is—it's like frustrating. Oh no doubt. That's why I had to get a second room. Well, I feel like uh, you're most creative either late at night or like very early morning mm-hmm. hours, mm-hmm. and I think that's synonymous with the rising and falling of the sun. It makes sense. And it's like, because like I believe True Seek, a mm-hmm. guy I had on my last show. Mm-hmm. He, he does music and um, he says he always writes, he, he finds his like best lyrics come in the early morning hours. Yeah. 
when he's like uh, just waking up and mm -hmm. the juices are flowing, Hell you know. Yeah. And it's like, it's so hard to like, you can't force yourself to write. That's what I figured out. And it took me a while to learn that too. Because I was trying to people please, you know, when are you going to have some music out? And it's like, like well, bitch. I got to force myself yeah. to write to do that. <laughs> but it's like, it's my music. Right. Why, why should somebody force me to make music? Bitch, you make music. Yeah, there's no timer. <laughs> so it's like, I, uh, myself with the narcolepsy, I feel like the best time for me to make music is like right when I pass like the um, the daytime sleepiness around 2 to 3 o'clock. Because mm. I'm like up. Because if I do it late at night, I'm going to solely like, yeah. My energy's depleted for the day. Right. Because, like, when I leave here, I'm about to be dead asleep. So, some people are night owls. I'm like, how the fuck you do that? Everybody's different. Right. So, I'm a morning guy. Yeah, I'm a morning person, too, man. Man. But, uh... But, yeah, brother. Uh, this has been a amazing conversation today, oh, and I can't yes. thank you enough for coming on. Uh, <laughs> you just want to tell the listeners where they can find you, and... You know, anything else you'd like to share about upcoming events and okay. just everything tough? Y'all can find um, Blazing the Trail podcast by searching Blazing the Trail. We are on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But we also have visuals. So go to YouTube, search King Tut, K-1-N-G-T-U-T. That's how you can find it. You'll also find, like, I'll give, like, um, tips, hacks about life. So you find that there. One thing that I have coming up is going to be in this building that we're in currently called Turbine Flats. I'm thinking about putting together, like, a, uh, like a young professionals event. But it's going to be a, cre a creative. It's going to be a creative event. So we're going to have somebody performing live music at the beginning. Oh, yeah. People painting, and then we'll have like people just networking, getting together because it's been a long time. People have uh, have been away from each other. Then we'll have somebody present, whether it be they're about photography, creating a business. So we'll actually have somebody like presenting, giving like a PowerPoint, like how tos, mm -hmm. you know. So like all right, that. cool. Oh, you want to start a podcast? All right, cool. We have somebody here. All right, cool. These are the things that you need to know about podcasts. We'll talk about building the framework of the podcast. We'll talk about um, when you do have a podcast, these are the things that you should pay attention to. Who's who's um, looking at the audio? Right. How are you going to edit it? Who's going to host a um, podcast? How are you going to put it out? How often? Things like that. Right. And if you book a guest, how do you go about booking the guests? How do you um, even get a guest? When you have a guest, how do you treat them? How do you hospitality? Like, things like that, not just, like, the shit that you could just look up on Wiki, whatever. Right. Or YouTube. Whatever. Yeah. So I want it to be an interactive session where people can ask questions. For sure. Because I know a lot of people, like, I'm a person, if I don't know something, I graduated from YouTube University, so I'm right. going to go there. Right. But a lot, my siblings, I've learned they they're not like that. Right. They need to be told, hands on too. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, "Yo, tell how you do this." I'm like, "Yo, just look it up." They're like, "But right. 
and then I and then I realized, oh, they're not like that. Right. So I have to go there and I and I teach them. So yeah. this can be perfect for them, like because the target age range is like people about to graduate high school. Nice. In high school, I mean in college, just graduated college. Perfect. So at that point, it's like figuring out, okay, cool. The person that's going to college, do I really want to go to uh, production? Uh, do a production uh, major? Right. These are the jobs that I can have. And if this is what I want, is it here in Lincoln? Is if is a job here I want in Lincoln? Is it down south? Right. How hard is it to get a job? Shit like that. Because I didn't have that when I was younger. Right. Just resources. Yeah. And then having the network of people who do different types of things and want to get started. For sure. So I'm trying to breed it, uh, create a breeding ground like that. And I like then that. Talk to Matt about it. He's like, yeah, I'm definitely on board. So we're going to talk to like the Center for Entrepreneurship from Nebraska and then also from Westland to bring people in. So oh, that's yeah. what we have coming up. Big things, bro. Yeah, just trying to give back to the community and just like, what did, what did I have problems with coming up? Right. So I'm trying to figure out those problems. Fill so in those potholes. Yes. Unlike our city does. Yeah. <laughs> Little joke. So yeah, um, <laughs> thank you for having me on, Andre. Um, it What's was up, definitely man? a pleasure. This is only the beginning ascension of the chessman. Most definitely, man. I look forward to the future, uh, growing, growing this podcast and seeing your podcast blossom. Yes, sir. I I always knew you'd do big things, brother, and I'm so grateful to have ever met you, man. And I can't thank you enough for all you've done for me in this life and Appreciate continue it, to do for me and. Um, yeah, just so happy to have you and, you know, share your message with my listeners and For sure. get, th- get your message out to the world because it needs to be heard. And I hope all my listeners go check out Blazing the Trail podcast. Yes, sir. Follow on YouTube, uh, on Instagram too. Yeah, no it's, doubt. It's at Blazing the Trail podcast. So no doubt. Well, until next time, uh, have a great week and, uh, thanks for listening. is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.